Hello, good evening, and welcome to our long-awaited podcast show. I'm your host, ZW, along with my co-host, JMW. And these are all acronyms, so you do the math. Wake Up America is live, and we will have many guests on our show. And you can send in your questions. Uh, You can email us at wakeupamerica2018 at gmail.com. And that's with a K, not with a C. So let's get down to business. And the topic for the night is hurricane preparedness. So Jay, let's start with you. Hey, thanks a lot, EW. Appreciate it. Um, First and foremost, I think uh, you may have forgotten something. We do have a Twitter page as well. I know things got a little mixed up with the producers and all that, but everything's all good. You know, you guys can also tweet tweet us at um, at PC underscore wake. That's our official Twitter account. We will always be on the Twitter, as the, as the trolls would say, trolling Twitter every day. <laughs> you know, say say what you mean, mean what you say. Don't hold nothing back, because we definitely coming back. That's it. So, uh, with Hurricane Florence uh, ravaging uh, the Carolinas, my question is, are we prepared up here in New York City, and particularly uh, in the Rockaways in the peninsula that sticks out, in uh, the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, what is what is your take on that, Jay? Uh, I think absolutely not. We are, we are not ready for the next storm. And uh, what I'm seeing in Florence is uh, it's a huge concern, not just with hurricanes, but all over the all over the world with just the climate change. It's uh, it's becoming really scary. These storms are not what they used to be. They're, they're getting bigger, stronger, and I don't think any city right now in America is properly prepared to stop this well some say uh some say that that's a hoax climate change i beg to differ on that well i beg to differ on that too that's just because we got someone in 1600 pennsylvania avenue who just doesn't <laughs> want who just doesn't want to accept that this is a reality and, and want to downplay numbers of a prior storm called hurricane maria down in puerto rico which i'm sure you're aware of where gotcha. three thousand people lost their lives and he gets exactly. on there and, and talks this nonsense of saying that downplaying these numbers like all oh, 3,000 people didn't die there's no climate change the storms aren't getting bigger well you know what uh, it's currently uh, in the Rockaways we have no cert team on the peninsula so we don't have a response team uh, to respond to any type of uh, catastrophic event that could happen here before maybe the state or, or the federal uh, help would get here. Uh, our bulkheads are, are non-existent, and the money has been allocated uh, to build new bulkheads on the base side, and nothing has been done. So, uh, with that said and done, with the FEMA money is in place, I think the work should be starting, and I'm almost starting to think that they want the people to forget that the money is there. And then that money will slowly disappear and we'll be sitting ducks like we were back in 2012. What do you think on that? Um, I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, I, I would have to, I would just have to say that this is, this is a problem that's been looming for years and years out here. And they've been talking about this money. Um, it went down from the mayor at a town hall who said that this that's money correct. was approved. Uh, we had a congressman, Congressman Meeks himself has said that he signed off on the money had a bill passed the sandy recovery bill passed unanimously in, in both houses in, in dc so the federal funds are there and uh, 
unfortunately, when we ask these questions of like where this money is at, no one seems to have an answer for us directly, or no one seems to know where this money is at. Well, uh, since it's down at the city level, I think it's time to pressure our councilmen and find out what is going on. Where's the money? Why do we have to wait? Uh, on the ocean side, I think there should be jetties throughout the entire peninsula. Uh, it, it, you can replenish the sand all you want and uh, what's going to happen is the ocean is just going to reclaim it um, so there are other things like fixing the bulkheads or possibly uh, those floodgates that they were talking about that would be out in Jamaica Bay uh, and I'm sure that that would probably take a lot more time for the Army Corps of Engineers to really look in uh, how to institute that but uh in a lot of uh, Scandinavian countries, they use the floodgates and they seem to be uh, pretty effective over there. But uh, currently right now, um, the conversations needs to, uh, needs to be had, especially after uh, what Florence has done to the uh, southeast coast of the United States. Uh, absolutely. I would, you know, to second piggyback off of that, that point there with the floodgates, uh, they, they've actually been talking about this a lot here in New York City and Miami area. You know, most of the coastal lines like New Orleans, you know, all these areas where they're very prone to flooding. Um, you know, the floodgates, I think, are, are an excellent idea as well to add on to the bay side. But to just go back to like these bulkheads that, you know, are non-existent now over there on the bay side. You know, we we went and visited someone's home in the bay side back there. And, you know, these things these things were made like in 19th century wood like uh, these days now. I mean, you know, the salt water just eats that wood up after time and time and then before you know you, you, you have nothing there and, and that's just very alarming it's, it's almost like a, a neglect of, of, of a certain area like you know next storm comes like, who's to say these people are going to have their homes yeah you for a fact you know I'm in the oven by the sea area and even when the high tide uh, certain streets are flooding on the corners of Rockaway Beach Boulevard but uh, with this new capital improvement and the new catch basins and the new sewer lines supposedly uh this is supposed to be eliminated or minimized to cert to a certain extent um you live in the Arvin view section can you tell me uh do you have any flooding over there by you what's going on by you oh absolutely i'd be mean, just on a regular rainy day two inches of rain three inches of rain a nor'easter you name it you don't even need a tropical depression tropical storm you don't need a hurricane I mean, the streets right now in front of us are just, as the high tide kicks in, you can just slowly see the water just coming up out of the uh, catch basins and, and sewage that we have over there. This famously road that we call the dirt road, of course, which now turned into like a, a man-made parking lot on dirt. And um, it just overflows with water just on a regular basis of high tide. It's, it's very frustrating because people have to almost swim to their car. It's ridiculous. And, and, and just to get in. And then once again, you know, we, we don't have anything in, in these capital improvement projects. There's nothing really set in stone. I mean, well, you know, I don't have all the facts yet, so I shouldn't just say, no, it's not in the plans. But for right now, what I know, there are no plans right now to, to repair any of this stuff. Have you reached out to any of the elected officials to see what's going on? Oh, I have. Um, you know, we. I remember. I don't know if you remember when we were sitting down in the uh, pizzeria, Ballwalk Pizzeria. Uh, right, right. And, and you know, we were sitting down with the chief of staff of uh, of the councilman's office, and um, 
we brought this to his attention. You know, I don't want to quote him per se because it's been a while since the meeting and I don't have my notes in front of me. But um, I, I do remember him mentioning that there was no plans, but they were aware of the situation and they just got to, you know, go back to the drawing board with HPD and, and other landowners because unfortunately it's not a city, it's not a city property. Well, see, that seems to be the problem. You have HPD owning this land, EDC owning this land, all city agencies, but nobody's communicating. Nobody seems to really know what's going on. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say that they don't know what's going on to, to be an exact EW. What I would say is they're kind of like passing on the the information and, and, the, and the responsibility on to, to others saying, well, hey, you know what? I'm not a part of this agency. You're going to have to contact this agency. And then this agency says, well, we also need approval from these guys. So in order for us to do what we got to do, we need approval from here. And then it's just too much bureaucracy. It goes back and forth. It's the blame game. And this is why stuff doesn't get done. Sounds like uh, musical chairs. Uh, well, um, you have a little more insight than, than most others in the, in the community because you did an internship at City Hall under the councilman's office. What, what, can, what have you learned and what can you bring to the table to probably help uh, correct some of these uh, situations we have out here? First and foremost, I just want to say I was very humbled for that experience at uh, City Hall. Uh, it, was, it was definitely a wake-up call, and, and, a, and I learned a lot over there as, as far as how city government works and um, all the all the avenues it takes just to get something done. Um, but I would say, uh, with the insight that I have, just from what I learned there is that um, you know there's a lot of things that we can get lose track of. I should say we we lose track of these issues where we start to forget about the communities that they serve and their store they're more worried about like okay my political career all right how do i how do i how do i make allies in this situation to get my my point across to get my bill passed and then everyone forgets about the little things that go on in their district and this is goes for any this goes for any councilman out there this is not an attack personally on one councilman you can say this for everyone but, uh, you can't forget about vote for you uh, and uh, as I drive through uh, the eastern end of the Rockaways especially coming in through uh, Five Towns 878 um, it's very depressing uh, driving down all the way to where I live and I go through a mile and a half of I can't find sidewalks uh, just dense vegetation and uh, overgrown towards the beaches which was probably beautiful at one time um and this is new york city this is not some third world country and uh it's a beachfront community at that and the fact that uh it's just sitting there idle when we have so many needs out here uh need more recreations probably uh you know nicer restaurants to you know i'm sure these things are coming because the rockaways are are changing um but I think it's moving at a snail-like pace. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And I, once again, I mean, I see we're all on the same page here when it comes to these things. I mean, there's really nothing that I can disagree with you on with that. It's, uh, you know, I've lived out here all my life very young, so I'm still, you know, fresh in the game, as some would say. But, um, you know, just by my prior experiences growing up here as a child, it's, it's always been this way. And 
I just want to point out that a lot of people here in Rockaway will say, oh, yeah, it's always been this way. And they kind of say it just to be like, hey, you know what? Oh, it is what it is. You know, let's just conform to it. Let's not question it. Let's not see a problem anymore because we're used to this. Okay, we've been doing this for 20, 30, 40 years. It's like, oh, it's nothing anymore. No. No, you need to step up. And, and do something about it like start questioning your elected officials start you know questioning you know people around you and, and who you support because at the end of the day you know they can come around with the fried chicken and collard greens and they can come around with these with these toys and all these gifts and stuff and just to you know reflect the, the real issue at task here no start questioning these people yeah exactly just start questioning these people exactly you know what you, you need to like Diane Richardson from Brooklyn says need to get civic minded you need to come to community board meetings you need to come out when you need to we should not be overrun with uh, shelters and uh, have nothing against homeless people but uh, you need an infrastructure in place you need schools uh, you need job training you just can't drop people into a community that's already isolated and then what do they do uh, exactly and I mean also back to these storm things where oh we don't have the proper protection for, for storms but you seem to be wanting to throw at this everyone into one part of the city which so happens to be over here in the southern parts of the city even you know same thing in Brooklyn South Brooklyn is starting to become where they're going to be you know I hate to use the word dumping but essentially that's what they're doing they're just dumping people as fur- further away from the city in downtown Brooklyn as they can and I mean I mean you know you're going to put these people somewhere where there's no there's no stores there's no place to eat i mean there's there's nothing really to do here as far as you know getting your business done you're gonna have to travel an hour hour and a half to, to get something done and, and there's no storm protection another storm comes then you know what no one can live here anymore, you mentioned that with, with the with this storms how do you just continue to increase the population when you're not trying to build up the infrastructure to uh, to accommodate more people out here, it it, it just it's to me it's it's freaking asinine. Yeah, and I mean, then you have a lot of private agencies out there who do these studies, and they say that you know this place is not inadequate for um, any more. You know, the density is just too much now. Like you cannot take any more people here just because of the lack of resources and space, and, and you know, just the the environment itself is not you know suitable for this many people. But we seem to always be getting things passed in City Hall. Even I remember when I was there, This is I was in the heart of when all of this was starting to be approved. So, you know, it, it was just like, okay, affordable housing, that's great. But the amenities are still not there. The services are still not there. And, and, you know, it's just, yeah, just keep building and building. But then no one's thinking about the science behind all of this. The more you build on a sandbar, the more potholes, the more sinkholes that start to occur. Because remember, the peninsula is always moving. This is not this is not settled land. We're we're on a glacier, and it's going to keep moving, and it's going to keep moving, and, and eventually you're just going to have to keep rebuilding or keep repaving, and, and nothing's going to you know we got to think about these things here. Well, it seems like uh, somebody has a plan and somebody's making deals, but uh, it's not filtering down to the people of what's going on because uh, there's a lot of investment going on behind the scenes out here. And uh, the people are not involved enough to really question what is going on and what they would like to see in their community. And I think 
Uh, this is one of the reasons we started this podcast to open up that dialogue, not just locally, but nationally, to get involved in your communities and make a difference. Get out there and vote. Teach your young children uh, about the voting process. So when they get of age, they will already know what to do. It's like now in high school, they're already registering them to vote in high school, which I think is an excellent idea. Oh, and, and you know, I, I was on another podcast show last night. Um, okay. And I, I remember someone bringing up the point that there's a lot of excuses that, that be made about, you know, a lot of parents, you know, they have two jobs or, you know, they have a lot of kids and they just feel like they don't have the time to attend these meetings. But what I can say is, as a young child, my mother was very civically engaged in, in the community and, you know, union based, you know, from the heart. So when she took, she took me to these meetings, nine years old, 10, 11 years old, knowing I had to be to school tomorrow, even though, you know, community board meetings tend to end late around 10 o'clock, 10.30, but she felt that it was important to have me there. So that way, as I get older and get used to that environment, I know how to be civically engaged. And, and you know, it just starts that, it just starts the conversation, you know, even though your kids are there and, you know, it may be a pain, but to believe it or not, most people at meetings, they, they want to see younger faces there. So I say, bring your kids, I mean. Exactly. And, and if you look at it, you have a, a very young uh, group of freshly minted politicians that are knocking off incumbents left and right. Uh, so you can never underestimate uh, your opponent. Um, for example, with Cortez and uh, what she did, they upset that, you know, it was a knockout blow. No one saw that coming. And uh, it seems to be other people following right behind her doing exactly what she was doing. What you talking about? Yeah. How do you feel on that, Jay? Oh, I, I 100% think that that's something of concern to me, regardless of the politics or what you believe in. I think it's always a wonderful thing when the status quo is being defeated. So I think, it, so, you know, when candidates like her who i mean she's only like a couple of years older than i am so you got to think you got to think here now like my generation's thinking they're like you know what these guys have been doing the same thing let's just be honest here like generations that went by where those generations are no longer really here on this earth as much so they their base just shrinks and shrinks so they took advantage of that by just getting i mean I heard about her team and I mean her team was amazing by what they did. They were texting people every day, checking on them. How you doing today? Don't forget to go out there and vote. You know, don't saturated the streets. Yeah, they sat there, knocked on doors, they sat there on the corner. They know you're going to that corner store to get your bacon, egg, and cheese in the morning. They were standing out there waiting for you to come out the store and they're talking to you. When you leave work, when you're on your way to school, when you're out out of school, they're there. Correct, correct. And I think that's what we need here, you know, like with, with the community we're in. So, so uh, let me ask you a question. Do you see yourself entering politics in the future? Um, absolutely not, to be honest with you. You know, it's definitely something that came across my mind. Um, definitely, you know, but um, for I would say we're speaking present tense or, or future tense. You know, I couldn't speak on the future on that. But uh, what I could say is... Uh, I'm definitely interested in, in helping other young people out who definitely want to get involved and, you know, do things politically because I, I think it's time that we get a new face in. Definitely time. Uh, you know, whether whether it's me or it's it's my neighbor across the hall or it's another young kid that we see delivering newspapers and lawning people's lawns, I just think uh, it's time for anyone who's just different from the status quo to step up and just go and run. 
Well, uh, I definitely want to let everyone know that we're going to stay on this topic and get some answers from our elected officials out here. Uh, one of our first elected officials to confirm that he will be on our show is uh, Councilman Eric Ulrich. And oh, wow. Just, okay. wow. Yeah, exactly. wow. That's, 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 that's amazing. And uh, my second uh, elected official who just sent me a text is uh, Stacy Pfeffer Amato. So she'll be on our show as well. And one of our district leaders just uh, from the Western End, just Lou Simon, uh, would like to come on our show. <laughs> Lou Simon. <laughs> He's like, again, to give everybody uh, an interview and uh, ask some questions and, and get to the root of a lot of these issues that are plaguing our communities. So that's what we're going to do. And um, like I said, at any time um, on this podcast, you could send us messages and you can email us at wakeupamerica2018 at gmail.com. And Jeff, can you run back that Twitter feed? Because I forgot it already. Uh, once again, you know, our basic Twitter name will be Wake Up America PC. PC stands for podcast. It's a given. Um, but you can also tweet us directly at, at PC underscore Wake. Unfortunately, you know, Twitter makes their own app um, usernames now. Unfortunately, it seems like no one has a choice of making those names anymore, but your page name. But hey, that's what it is. Tweet us. It's open 24 7. Even if we're not on air, even if we're not filming for the week, the Twitter is open. On that note, Jay, we're going to be out of here, but I'm letting you know the podcast is live and we'll be back in good night, good morning, and good evening, wherever you are. Thank you and good night. All right, W. See you.